let's go. So what are we up to? We're, we're going through the idea that the, the principle that it was such a, we think of it as such an egregious and a terrible crime is because we're so not used to the concept of actually worshiping something that is the representation of God as the primary mover, as the creator of everything. We're not used to that. But the fact that if they would build a temple without being commanded to that, we would think, okay, that's beautiful. That's a good thing. And we wouldn't be surprised at all. And we would think of that as actually a, a, a benefit or something that is bringing value, right? So it, it depends on what we're used to. Okay. So we are on page 117. And we are up to, I'm sorry, page 118. Okay. So the Kuzari tells us that- I think this, we didn't finish the last sentence in 117. Correct. Okay. So by it was, uh, surprising that you stopped there, but <laughs> I think it was just going to be a new idea. It was, it was already at twelve, so I didn't want to start start the next idea. So what we were describing is the fact how how closely related you have matters that if you are commanded to do so, it is perfectly not just okay and permissible. It's actually a mitzvah to do so, but as soon as you stray from that, then it actually becomes forbidden. In other words, he's introducing that concept of the keruvim. The Kruvim are these beautiful sculptures that look like, you know, what we think of as like an angel, right? The word cherub comes from Kruvim, of course, right? And the Torah tells us we have these sculptures of these uh, representations of a man and woman that we place on top of the ark in the temple, in the Holy of Holies. And the, the Talmud tells us that when the nations of the world came in after the destruction of the temple, and they saw, right before the destruction of the temple, and they saw that the ark has these groovim on it, they say, oh, you're also idol worshippers. In other words, the idea of having something that actually represents a relationship between us and Hashem, which is what the groovim represented, that itself could have been misconstrued and misrepresented as idol worship. Now, the line in between idol worship and something that is an actual mitzvah in the Torah to do is very, very simple. It is drawn exactly where Hashem wants it to be drawn, right? So the idea that they were trying to build something to help them focus their worship and their religious activities on Hashem, right, was terrible. It was wrong, right? But it, how far away is it from building a crew? It's not that far away. It's still wrong. He's not justifying it. But he's saying you have to understand it contextually in light of the concept that it's not that far away from things that are actually permissible. And it's not nearly the same thing that you think of when you first read, which is that they actually built a, a calf to worship the calf as its own entity, as its own power. Despite this, those who worshiped the golden calf were punished and executed. The number executed was only around 3,000 out of 600,000 adult males. During this whole debacle, the sustaining manna never stopped falling, nor did the protective clouds dissipate, nor did the pillar of fire stop leading the way. Prophecy still abounded and even increased during this time. They were deprived of nothing that had been given to them except for the original two tablets which Moshe wrote. He later prayed <coughs> to have another set of tablets given to them, and this wish was fulfilled. Their sin was pardoned. And so what, what the Kuzari, what the rabbi is saying, the Kuzarian king is, the proof is in the pudding. If indeed this behavior was as terrible as you perceived it to have been, which indeed would have negated the entire idea that there was this mass revelation of God, because it is true. It would be a very powerful um, indictment of the concept that there was 
a mass revelation. If Hashem is a mass reveals himself to the entire Jewish people, and everyone knows that this is Hashem, and what happens? Right afterwards, 40 days later, people are worshiping a golden calf, and they actually believe that the golden calf is the force that has a power in this world. That would say, you know what, probably 40 days earlier, it wasn't quite the same thing that you claim that it was. So what he's been trying to establish is that, of course, it actually was exactly the way he described it. And their, their goals and the impetus for building the golden calf was not to worship the golden calf in and of itself as an independent entity, but rather to help them focus their worship on Hashem. And we can prove this from the fact that the consequences were not more severe than they were. Because if indeed there was a, a complete breakdown and everybody all of a sudden started worshiping a golden calf as its own entity, the Jewish people would cease to exist. But we certainly would cease to have era of prophecy. We certainly would not, would not get the two tablets again. And the fact that we did, that itself is the greatest proof that you have to understand it in somewhat of a, a different, more nuanced fashion. The Kuzari said, you have already helped confirm my conviction, my thoughts, and the visions in my dreams. And one cannot achieve divinity without divine decree. That is, without those actions which God commands one to perform. This is such a critical point, and this is obviously a point that the world still struggles with today. Were this not the case, then most people who attempted to achieve divinity would succeed, including the seers, occultists, fire worshippers, sun worshippers, and dualists. Dualists are believers in dual gods, right? So I think he's, I think he's helping hammer home the point by saying that the, the line between between doing something that is idol worship and between building something that is going to help our service, right? Why do we need to have Kruvim on top of the ark? Why do we need to have this representation of a relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people on top of the ark? Well, obviously, because this abstract, or, I'm sorry, this physical representation of a of esoteric or more abstract type of concept helps bring something to reality. This is not a, not a complicated idea. And of course, over there is totally permitted. The Torah tells us if you were to make three Kruvim instead of two, Chayav Misa, liable to death penalty. If you made the Kruvim not out of gold, death penalty. So the line between doing the mitzvah of building the kalim, the utensils for the Beit HaMikdash, for the temple, and between worshiping idols is very, very thin. And the difference is only what did Hashem tell you to do. The rabbi said, you are right. And all our commandments are written explicitly in the Torah, dictated by Hashem to Moshe. Each paragraph and directive that Moshe handed over to the great assembly gathered in the desert did not require any additional explanations or qualifications other than what Moshe transmitted to them. Now, to be clear, uh, I see he says this on the bottom also. He's not saying that if you open up a Torah, you will be able to figure out everything from the written Torah. But what he's saying is that when Moshe gave the Jews, Jewish people, the Torah and gave over the laws and the practical halacha, it was abundantly clear and there was nothing else necessary. There were no qualifiers necessary to help for additional information as to what they're obligated to do. Okay. For example, he even elucidated the details of the sacrificial laws, how the animals are to be offered, where and on which side of the tabernacle, how they are to be slaughtered, what is to be done with the blood and the various body parts, every facet involving very detailed laws. Everything was clearly presented by God so that not even one small item would be left out, thereby invalidating the sacrifice. Okay? This is another critical point. Up until now, 
He's only been trying to establish that there was a divine revelation on a mass scale. But now what he's saying is you also have to recognize that in terms of practical day-to-day observance, the things that we do, we do because Moshe made it clear directly from Hashem how we're supposed to live our lives. And that happened at the moment when the Torah is given, at the, throughout that 40-year time period of Moshe is transmitting to the Jewish people how they are meant to live their lives with every single detail, right? It all comes from Hashem. The same attention to detail is prevalent in all of nature. Each physical object is made up of a combination of different elements, combined according to very exact specifications. The proportions must be more precise than the mind can fathom. Even if the smallest error was made in the proportions of these elements, the object would no longer exist as it is. The plant, animal, or limb in question would be defective or would not exist at all. I think what he's trying to bring out over here is the concept that the, as the philosophers would, would believe, and as Judaism believes as well, that the world has a unified system. And you can look at one system and that can help give you more knowledge and information and understanding in a different similar system as well. And the same way we find that in nature, right? You have H2O and it's water, right? I forget which one, I don't remember anymore, but if you, if you add one oxygen, one oxygen, I forget which, which molecule, but if you add one, one, uh, one, uh, one more of an element, then, then it's heavy water, right? It's a completely different element. It's, it's no longer the same thing. It's just one tiny little thing. It's microscopic, right? But if you add one of it, and then it changes everything dramatically. And so too, when it comes to the world, and so too, when it comes to how we approach our mission in life and re- the recognition that our actions are dependent on the way that Hashem defines the correct behavior. Right? And this is true both in terms of religious actions, overtly religious actions, and also as we will go through the, in terms of our moral and ethical behavior. That the, what defines morality and ethical behavior is going to be defined by the Torah. Okay. Take care, guys. Be well. Have a great night.